Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfen down your lunch. Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Wednesday. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Rick is here with the lunch. Rick, what's going on? I actually don't have any lunch. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a bummer. I look, there's candy out there, but that's... Yeah, it's just a lot of sugar. There's cake, too. The Suns lost 116-104 to the NBA's best team record-wise, the Milwaukee Bucks, last night. Do you guys think anyone is be- is beating Milwaukee this season, even a Suns team with Kevin Durant? Um, that's a good question. I would say a Suns team with Kevin Durant is on the very short list of teams that could beat Milwaukee in a seven-game series. And if I'm being honest, I don't know who I would pick in that series because I haven't seen enough of the Suns with KD. I mean, they had them, and they beat Dallas, but that was a close game, and I think Milwaukee's twice the team Dallas is. See, the problem is what that weakness is. On the defensive end of the floor? No, I don't think so. The offensive end of the floor? I, I don't think so. They get to the line. They could shoot the three. I mean, Chris Middleton didn't even play last night. So, again, um, yeah, the Bucks and beating the Bucks that's going to be a tall order. Let's put it this way. I hope somebody else comes out of the East. <laughs> that's fair. It could, that could happen, too. All right. Aaron Rodgers joined the Pack McAfee show today and said this. At this point, as I sit here, you know, I think since Friday, uh, I made it clear that my intention was to play, and my intention was to play for the New York Jets. Okay. Um, and I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me. So everyone's freaking out about this. But to me, that's still, he's just not on the Jets. What do you guys think of what he had to say there? He's well, done. <laughs> done in Green Bay, you mean? He's done in Green Bay. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, and I I will give him this. I don't think it's his fault that it's taking. Any, any more time Agreed. it takes, I think they're just trying to work out a trade. It is, however, his fault that he's given the Jets a list of uh, players he wants them to sign, if that's true. Because if I'm the Jets, and they, they did apparently sign Alan Lazard last night, I got a decent team. Am I really going to go out and sign a bunch of free agents for a guy that isn't on my team yet? Now, like I, the first thing when I opened up Twitter, it's Adam Schefter with a picture of Aaron Rodgers in a New York Jets uniform. And he's saying, now the Jets are expected to have their most high-profile number 12 since Joe Namath. Everybody's acting like it's done. But it isn't actually done. No. Yet. Rick's right. Yeah. It's not done. He's, no. not a, he's not on the Jets. No. Yeah, but it is a done deal, obviously. Especially if they went out and they signed Lazard to... That kind of contract right there after Aaron Rodgers gave him a list saying, go get these guys. Yeah, this is uh, whatever is going on right now. Um, it's not going to preclude Aaron Rodgers from wearing a New York Jets uniform this year. He's going to go and play in New York. So whatever these these eyes are that need to be dotted and T's that need to be crossed, whatever they are right now, it's only a matter of time. Listening to him, it doesn't mean that he's officially there, but it does. I mean, this is just this can only happen with Aaron Rodgers, right? He's somehow managed to be on two teams at the same time. Surreal, it really is just bizarre. 
incredible. It's like man. we're all in a darkness. Just retreat. the fact that this has already happened to the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. Isn't that right, Brett Favre? I had a Brett Favre Jets jersey. <laughs> you said that like you had That's to so get something off your chest. No, it's it's just it's shameful. Well, we had a new Franklin. We actually had a Brett Favre totem pole in the backyard. What did that look like? Just a bunch of Brett Favre faces? Yeah, we had to chop that thing up. <laughs> made wood chips out of it. Send it to Minnesota. All right. ASU men's hoops and Nevada meet tonight in the first four. You can hear that one on the Arizona Sports app and 98.7 at 610, which brings us to our Sanderson Ford poll question, which asks, who will win in Dayton, Arizona State or Nevada? Oh, wow. <laughs> we went very uh, we went very simplified. Um you know I'm going to pick ASU, but I this game has like this game has toss up written all over it. I was I think it was the athletic I was looking at. They have some metric. It's not the BPI Wolf. Some metric where they love ASU as one of those teams that could make a run in the tournament. Yeah. Except they don't know if they can get past Nevada, <laughs> which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. The problem is Nevada, of course, lost three games. Their last three games going into the tournament. Lost the last three against teams that are not in the tournament. So right now, you got to feel pretty good about ASU and their chances because they're going in with a little bit of confidence where Nevada is not going in with confidence. At any time, you can lock it down on the defensive end of the floor. The way ASU is capable of doing, yeah, I think they're going to do it again tonight. I think ASU wins. All right, I will vote Arizona State. And 74% of the voters said Arizona State. 26% Nevada. You can, of course, vote for this on ArizonaSports.com. Moving on, though, according to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl, Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter is not running the 40-yard dash today at the Georgia Pro Day. He also weighed in nine pounds heavier than at the Combine. Do you guys think there's any chance left that the Cardinals draft him? And how far down do you see him sliding in the draft? Um, we're at the point now, Wolf, where if the Cardinals just stayed at three and drafted Jalen Carter, I wouldn't feel great about that. Like This is just all, all we're getting is red flags. And it doesn't mean the guy can't have a good career, but I don't want him with the third pick. Yeah. Play the Tom Petty. Nah, I'm free! Free falling! Okay, don't it sounded do like Tom Petty walked into uh, this <laughs> Oh, wait, no. Don't know it did not. Uh, yeah, boy, this this is not good. It isn't. This brings me no joy to say, but he is free falling. He has to be. He's got to know it as well. It's one of the reasons why he's put on nine pounds. Can you imagine? Pro day. You don't, you don't work out at the combine, and now all of a sudden you're pro day, you weigh nine pounds. Cheeks are a little full. How does that go where you're like, like if I weren't at the combine, if I didn't work out at the combine, I would have this sense of like, okay, this is weird. Everybody else is at the combine. My reaction wouldn't be, hand me all that food. Like that, at the same time while the combine's going on, or whatever well, it maybe is. it would be if your agent was telling you, oh, by the way, you're probably going to get drafted in the second round now. Well, that would be. Do you have any idea yeah, how much money you lost. That's, uh, okay. You'd yeah. be like, he's not going to the second round. Either. Give me that hoagie. <laughs> Actually, give me that hoagie anyway. I, I love hoagies. Uh, the Cardinals have reportedly been called by the Patriots about DeAndre Hopkins. 
How long do you guys see him remaining in Arizona, and are the Pats a good fit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hit the Pats. That's an excellent fit right there, isn't it, Bill Belichick? Do you have Bill O'Brien? It's an awesome shot. It is. Of course, will be that D-Hop changes his approach to practice. All right, I set the over-under on Saturday that he gets traded. Are you taking under or over? Not It doesn't have to be the Patriots, but that DeAndre Hopkins oh, no, gets traded. He's, yeah, he's gone. You think he's gone before Saturday? Yeah. Okay, so we're both taking the under on that. Okay. <laughs> However you say it, yes. I think he's gone. Okay. But do you think it's before or after Saturday? We're, you can't play before or after. It's supposed to be over under. <laughs> okay. Under. All right. There, I'll That's play all I a little game. I don't even don't know that you did. It. He's gone. All right. That was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Rick. The clock is ticking on you to join the madness for your shot at the grand prize. $1,000 in tickets to next year's madness tournament. Just text Bucks to 620-620 and fill out your bracket to compete in the Arizona Sports Bracket. Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. That's Bucks to 620-620. When we come back, back into the Suns and their game last night, was that just a friendly back and forth between Jay Crowder and Devin Booker? We'll talk about it next. Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Outcome you were looking for if you are a Phoenix Suns fan last night, and, and honestly, even going into that game, Wolf, you know, had the Suns won with Milwaukee playing with Giannis without Chris Middleton and the Suns playing without KD, okay, that'd be encouraging, right? But really, what I think we all wanted was how about the Bucks at full strength, and how about the Suns at full strength, and let's let's see, let's make this a potential finals preview. There's no way for me to look at that game last night and be like, oh, okay, that's a finals preview because right now the Suns don't look like a team that's, that would go very far in the playoffs. And it makes sense; they don't have Durant, and like you said, they don't have the guys they traded for Durant <laughs> either. So that's not really fair. And secondly, even if you told me for sure that those two teams were going to meet in the finals. It's not going to be that version of the Suns in the finals. And, to be fair, Milwaukee should have Chris Middleton. Just disappointing. Both of those games. Yeah, right. They both ended up being entertaining. Or They happened in the last two and a half weeks, and we really got nothing out of them. Yeah, and, you know, as we all know, Chris Middleton's a really good player, but he's not Kevin Durant. No, he's not. It's not Kevin Durant. And that's what... I, you're, you're missing Kevin Durant. <laughs> and I know Chris Middleton's a really, really good player once again. Not trying to poo-poo him in any way, shape, or form. But you don't have Mikael Bridges. You don't have Cam Johnson. You don't have Kevin Durant. <laughs> you don't have those guys. The Suns right now, without KD, yeah, they're they're up against it. Yeah, they look like a... Look like an above average team, but that's, yeah, that above is a, average, and that's about it. They like maybe a six seed. If you if you told me you had to play the full season like this, I'm not going to bet against Devin Booker making the playoffs when he has some help. Now he didn't have that earlier in his career, um, and also he's a better player now than he used to be. But they don't look like much more than that uh, now. Again, as you said earlier, they can flip the switch in the sense that they can bring Kevin Durant into the lineup, and that's about as big of a switch as you can possibly have on <laughs> yeah. the wall, right? That's not like, hey, this room's a little dark. Uh, let's just flip down. No, it's, it's, uh, it's not yeah. like Aaron Rodgers in his darkness retreat that was a dimness retreat. <laughs> what is going on with that? Aaron Rodgers, by the way, based on our needs, walked in and said he was walking into the darkness cave. 
90% sure he was going to retire. Which 90%. Means so the darkness changed it. The, the, the darkness. He sat there in the dark, and that's how he decided, I need to play for the New York Jets. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of jokes yeah. there. Tell me you didn't flip the light switch on, too. Tell me you didn't do that, Aaron. If somebody walked out of a darkness retreat and was like, this one thing became clear, I need to play for the New York Jets, I'd be like, go back in there, <laughs> turn the lights on, think about what you just said, okay, please. But again, that defense with Aaron Rodgers, it does give him a it's, shot to yeah, actually it do something. It plus all of the okay. free agents that just Aaron so. Rodgers wants to bring in. Yeah, yes. be. Uh, here's Devin Booker last night talking about going up against Jay Crowder. That's still a little bit weird. It's always fun. It's a high-level competitor. Um, you know what it is. We have experience together. You know, I got a lot of respect for him, and you know, we just leave it on the court. And Jay Crowder uh, talking about defending Devin Booker. What you guys didn't know is training camp. I want that matchup. I want him because if I can guard him, I can damn near guard anybody in the league. So uh, that's just like a glorified practice right there. What you saw a lot of trash talking, a lot of bumping, uh, but Devin's a hell of a scorer, and I, and I and I I feel like I can make it tough on him. I can make it tough on a lot of guys. It's so cool. It brought back so many memories right there. Guys that are respected so much, and yet when I was out on the field, punched him in the face as they punched me in the face running down the field. Bill Bates, isn't that right, Bill Boy? Just punching him in the face as we're running down the field covering a punt. And yet the respect that I have for this guy after the game, it's just it cannot be measured. Um, that's what I thought of when I saw that, especially at the end of the third quarter right there. D, D book just totally the handle and there's Jay Crowder. It's one on one, the ISO and then the mid range. Boom. Nails it right as the buzzer goes off. Cut the game to one. Here we go. Going into the fourth quarter. That was absolutely awesome. And that's what he's talking about. The competition. Uh, those guys, when they were on the floor, it was a hundred percent. It was. It didn't matter that it was Jay Crowder. It didn't matter it was Devin Booker. It was 100% competition was what that was all about. But they're going to leave it on the court. That's the way it ought to be, my young Kronk brothers. That's the way it ought to be, the always. Only, only job you can do where you can say, what did you do at work today? We just, I ran around punching my coworkers in the face. What do you, where do you work? Uh, stationary store? Like <laughs> no. There's, there's like one job. The competition is awesome. Uh, and those two, I know Jay Crowder said right there, like you guys don't know this, but I wanted that in training camp. We, we heard stories, Jay, in the last couple of years about how those two like to go at it uh, in, in, in practice and training camp. And it, it was. It's still weird to see Jay Crowder on another team. I, I am, and check back with me in June if I still feel this way, but I'm, I'm happy he's at least on like Milwaukee and not the Lakers or Dallas. You know what I mean? The Clippers. Yeah. But the Lakers or Dallas would still bother me more. Really? Yes. Well, Dallas would. Dallas, of course. That would be the worst. That's That's like, really, that's where you went, even though you had no say in it? Uh, Jay Crowder talking about the crowd reaction last night. I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, Things ended ended on a bad way, on a bad note. So I appreciate the love and I appreciate the applause that I got tonight. No, he he did start his uh, media availability after the game by saying he's not. He doesn't want to talk about the past, which. Yeah. And I think it sounded like every all the reporters were like, okay, that's cool. I mean, at a certain point, he has been asked about it. I I mean, we've heard about it. Listen, I respect him so much. Something happened. There's nothing about it. Something happened. Jay Crowder's not going to tell you what happened. And for that, I respect him greatly. I do. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room.
Uh, one more from Jay Crowder, pointing at the bench during the game. After that second three, who were you pointing at on the bench? <laughs> uh, just the bench. Okay. That. Cameron Payne said he was pointing at you. <laughs> he was pointing at me? Yeah. Yeah, just the bench. Just the bench. <laughs> Did he say campaign? Well, that's that's what the, the reporter said, yeah. Okay. Yeah, just the bench right there. Boy, it, the emotions had Not to the be coach high. standing in front of the bench, just the bench? Yeah. <laughs> like if nobody was there, he'd still be pointing at those seats? Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a whole different situation right now. It really is. This team feels so different with the addition of Kevin Durant, with Macau Bridges not here, and with Cam John. Johnson, of course, not here. And then Jay Crowder. We were talking about it all the first half of the season, talking about Jay Crowder and, and what Jay Crowder brought to this team, the toughness and the mentality that he brought. Man, how this team has changed so much since the trade deadline. Yeah, and now, unless unless they meet in the finals, probably not talking about Jay Crowder again this season, right? I mean, unless he does something crazy in a playoff game or whatever, but you're right. A, a good portion of the conversation in the first half of the season was dominated by Jay Crowder, and it made sense to a certain extent because there were times where you were struggling and you were thin, and he was just sitting there not playing, and there still is mystery to this day as to exactly why, but now now it doesn't really matter. Now it's just you got to get the team you have uh, healthy, and you're not going to see him again unless the Suns meet the Bucks in the NBA Finals. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, how much has this Cardinals defense already been impacted by free agency? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. Welcome back to the show, 12.30 on a Wednesday afternoon, and we'll get deeper into uh, NFL free agency across the league as the league year has officially begun, Wolf. Right? Isn't it? Was it at noon or is it one? I don't know. Yeah, I think Today. it was one o'clock. Oh, so we're still not there. Yeah, the league year is still not league. Okay, yeah, but here we, it we, is. Should, we should have a party it's then. here, man. We should count down to the this new league it. year. March 15th. The new league year looms, literally. We need one of those shows where like a giant football drops to the ground, right? Because we've got 26 minutes and 57 seconds to the new league year. Do you have any resolutions for the new league year? As a matter of fact, I don't. No. Never make any resolutions. We should have done uh, resolutions for all the NFL teams heading into the new league year. Yeah. Now it's too late. That would have, yeah. Now you come up with a producer. (laughs) What a great idea that we're going to forget by next year. Also, side note. Write that down, will you, Picks? Just write it on the wall. that down right there yeah, and pin it on that whatever that sun's that is. jersey behind you yes uh, i walked out there looking for food right yeah there is a jar of m&ms have you ever done this before you're supposed to guess how many oh, are in the jar no i, no. I, I refuse to do that i'm not going to play your little game it's not my little game no it, it is no it's it's somebody else's obviously game. you kind there. of like doing it well no this is my frustration this is the sort of dumb thing that i will get somehow like very close to right and then I'm going to be like, I should have played Powerball or something. Right. So I'm going to tell you, I'll give you my guess right now in the air. Okay? <laughs> See, this is your little game. I told you it was. I'm going to go 23,147. Okay. All right. 23, I'm going to go put that in. So if really you go over not. there and put 23,148, I'm going to know you did that. 
<laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I think you're way high on that one. See, you would think that. But okay. I was looking at the jar, and it looked like there was about 150 on one side and 150 down. So that would be about 150 times 150, Whenever I see right? stuff like that, Basin Orleans, don't you think to yourself, who did that? Well, who, like, who's who going to count them? Yeah, that's the thing. That? Who's going to sit there and count all those Counted evidence? all of that. Stop it. That's my guess. I'm going to put that in. Next break. All right. Over to uh, to football where the uh, the Cardinals have added Kaiser White on the, uh, on the defensive side of the football, but they have lost Zach Allen. They've lost Byron Murphy. And we had Lorenzo Alexander on earlier, and, and I kind of I figured this might happen. We had a bunch of stuff we wanted to ask Zoe, but the biggest thing that we were both thinking is, okay, what, what happens with Isaiah Simmons? And before I even play these cuts, Wolf, you mentioned this in your pre-show email. What does May 2nd mean to you in terms of Isaiah Simmons? Yeah, big day. May 2nd, it is a big day right there. It's the day the Arizona Cardinals or any other NFL team have to pick up a first-round pick's fifth-year option. Hmm. If that's what you have to declare as to whether or not you're going to do that. Very interesting. So it looms. I saw that, and I thought to myself, okay, this is suddenly a big deal. There's no possible way that they would let him go. Right? They're not letting him go now. He's only going into his fourth year. Yes. But at the same time, if you don't pick up that fifth-year option and he's decent this year, you kind of find yourself in a Hassan Reddick situation, right? Yes, you do. And that's the thing that just makes me think there's no way they're going to allow that to happen. There's no way. And this is something we were talking to Lorenzo Alexander about. I hate this. What? What do you Just mean? Just the possibility. I'll say this: the you, possibility of him leaving. <laughs> I should I guarantee? I guarantee you, if they oh, let Isaiah boy. Simmons leave, he's going to burn them at some point over the next couple <laughs> years. And I don't mean he's going to have a great game against the Cardinals. If you think it's like, oh, look, like I'll just put it around the same level as Hassan Reddick, you're going to regret it if the Cardinals just let Isaiah Simmons leave in a year. That I believe. Now I don't know that he's going to hit that level here, but yeah. You know, I can go back and forth. You can convince me Byron Murphy, okay, you had to let him go. Zach Allen may be a little too expensive. I, I, I wanted to keep him. Isaiah Simmons ending up on, like, Baltimore or something makes me sick to my stomach. Yes, I think they will pick up his fifth year. I think they will before May 2nd, of course. Ron Wolfley predicting? <laughs> Did I just actually make a prediction? No. Uh, guessing. I think they will. I think they'll pick that up. Um, and I'm fascinated by the Kaiser White signing. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, because there's going to be... This is a domino effect. Ra- yeah, ramifications. This is a, We had Zoe on, Lorenzo Alexander, on earlier in the show. And remember, Zoe, in addition to having a lot of success at the NFL level, also kind of moved around different positions in the NFL. So he's the guy to talk to about this, specifically Isaiah Simmons. I would never put myself in a position of playing Isaiah Simmons. Hey, put, put him in a slot corner. He stood up. He yeah. did everything else well. Yeah. Could I hold it down in some zone and maybe man-to-man on certain tight ends from time to time? Of course, I'll get you through the down. But to line me up out there every down like that, where you have now offensive coordinator scheming against me, my weakness, no, you better hold on. Don't put me out there. That's a square peg or a circle on a square peg, right? That doesn't fit. My my thing was, hey, put me on that line of scrimmage on the head outside backer. Have me come down on that fullback, right? Have me hit that guard in the mouth. That was my strong suit. Yeah. And I could do other things decent and hold up, but I couldn't, uh, you know, put my hat, lay my hat down on that. 
that. And I think that it's the reverse for Isaiah Simmons. Can he go down there and play? Yes, he's physical enough, but consistently, will he be like a, a yeah. Micah Parsons or um, a Hassan Reddick? I don't think he's going to thrive in there. He can go down there and make plays. I think he thrives off the ball, allowing him to I run and this. hit. I do love this. I love this conversation. But first of all, can I just say this, based on Orleans, right now? Here's what I'm hoping. I don't. I don't disagree with anything Zoe's saying. Um, but Isaiah Simmons, I, to me, nobody's looked at Isaiah Simmons and said, "This is what you're going to do." There's always been the possibility of moving him around, and that's what he does. The guy is so incredibly talented. Oh, by the way, he's 6'4", 238 pounds. He's 6'4", 240 pounds, and he runs a sub 4'4". <laughs> he's so talented. We're going to move him all over the place. I want I, I, the, the Hassan Reddick effect is at large here. And it's one of the things that gets me so jacked up, Luke, because I think you can't talk about Isaiah Simmons and what you're going to do with Isaiah Simmons after bringing Jonathan Gannon in here with Nick Rollis, after bringing those guys from the Philadelphia Eagles in here as defensive-minded coaches and look at Isaiah Simmons and not see the comparison to Hassan Reddick, except Isaiah has actually more physical talent, skill, Inability. Well, I mean, I think we all look at, at Isaiah Simmons and, and make that comparison. Certainly, any anybody who supports, watches, follows the Cardinals or whatever, you're watching the playoffs this year, and you're like, yeah, it's great. Hassan Reddick is helping take the Eagles all the way to the Super Bowl. You absolutely make that comparison to Isaiah Simmons. So the fact that they brought in coaches from Philadelphia, you know they're making that connection. I just hate the timing of the team having to make a decision this May 2nd before Isaiah Simmons ever plays a game for Jonathan yeah, Gannon right. or Nick Rollis because, again, it's not the regime that drafted him. Yes. And that... That Isaiah Simmons in particular, that really worries me. I don't like I'm with you. I don't think they'll they'll not pick up that option. But can't you see a scenario where they're like, we're not picking up that option. And then they get more out of him this year. And then he's like, all right, I priced myself out of Arizona. Yeah, I'm going to lose my mind on the air if that happens. <laughs> One year ago. Right there with you. Yeah. Yelling. <laughs> Screaming. Let's just mark that down for uh, March 15th, 2024. Here's, here's the whole thing about this. Um I'm not saying, ladies and gentlemen, that Isaiah Simmons is a slam dunk. He's going to be Hassan Reddick. I am not saying that. What I am saying is it's fascinating to me that the same variables seem to be in place for Isaiah Simmons. And now, all of a sudden, the team that Hassan Reddick went to, the Philadelphia Eagles, that actually got the most out of him, suddenly are coming here. Coaches are coming here. To coach the same type of situation with Isaiah Simmons in again, I think it's going to be a situation where nobody's challenged Isaiah Simmons to say, you know what, this is where you're going to play. And by the way, because you play the edge, you've got to set the edge. Do you understand? You have to be tough. You have to be physical. You have to use violent hands. Do you understand that you have to be tough to play this, challenge this kid? He's still a young man to me. He is. And to me, he's always been given. He's so talented. He's so gifted. You can play him all over. Don't don't play him all over. Put him on the edge and say, this is where you're going to sink or swim. Challenge him and see what he does. Uh, wherever you play him. It's no guarantee, Luke, 
but you got to try it. I, I'm with you. And wherever you play him, play him in an Arizona Cardinals uniform because that's this is not <laughs> – I get that he has not been consistently amazing since they drafted him and the expectations were high. But you can see the flashes, and you, and you can also see the sort of odd circumstances that have led to this point where the previous regime was like, hey, we drafted six players at once. Like, no, you didn't break the system. You drafted one really good player, and to your point, lock him into one position and challenge him to be great at that position. I'm not developing him for another team. I'm not watching him help Philadelphia get to the Super Bowl in three years. Uh, we come back, college hoops, ASU starts its NCAA tournament run tonight against Nevada, and coming up, we're going to pre- Preview the game with our own ASU reporter Jake Anderson. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, you know what that music means. ASU is in the tournament tonight, kind of, the first four, but I'm still counting it as a as the tournament. And certainly if they win tonight, they are definitively in the tournament. They would play TCU on Friday. They played Nevada tonight, Wolf. And joining us on the Arizona Sports Line is our own ASU reporter, Jake Anderson. Jake, thank you for the time. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Right on, Jake. Uh, all right, let's just start here. This uh, The Bobby Hurley era, they've been to the tournament. This is the third time. All three times, though, they have been in the first four. They won one, they lost one, and, of course, tonight's still up in the air. I know the players are all different, but having Bobby Hurley being in this position in the past, do you think that gives them any sort of edge tonight? I mean, I think having Bobby Hurley, who... You know, what he did as a player at Duke has always been advantageous for his tournament teams. Granted, they haven't really done that, you know, that great in, in those two appearances, this being the third. Um, but everything, I mean, you see the player come out of Bobby when he's animated on the court. We saw the video of when ASU found out that they made the tournament. He was celebrating maybe harder than anybody. Um, but I, I think he's able to get inside the mind, get inside the psyche of, of his players and understand where they're thinking, where they're coming from. And he's been in their shoes before, and he's done it at the most elite level possible. So I think when it comes down to the crunch time of a tournament game where, let's face it, the big guys kind of get taken out of it when you get down to those last few possessions, you're going to need some guard play. You're going to need some veteran guard play, and you got a guy like Des Cambridge who's going to lead your team. This is his last year in college. He's been playing for this is his sixth year now, right? Or sixth year in college, I should say. So he is definitely going to lean on, on Des and, and be able to just tell him everything he's already done himself. So, Jake, do you think that Bobby Hurley has mellowed as a coach? Do you think that's where he's grown the most? Yeah, and we've heard him talk about it before um, as he's gotten older, right? He he talked about, I think it was earlier this week, um, he talked about how he's kind of figured out himself more as a coach as time's gone on. I mean, I can't believe he's already been at ASU for seven, eight years. Um, time just seems to fly, and obviously we always think about Bobby and getting technicals for yelling at the refs and, and all that, but I mean, that just shows the passion that he has for his program and for his team and his players, and you know, guys that are playing for him want to be here because they want to play for a guy that's going to go to bat for him just like they're going to go to bat for their head coach. So in terms of, to answer your question, I don't think he's as, you know, animated and he and when he maybe when he first started, even before when he was at Buffalo, but uh, I, I think he's definitely grown into being a Power 5 coach and, you know, this is his third appearance, whether you call the play in an, an appearance or not, he, he still has, this, he still made the big dance and 
I think this is a big test tonight, but I, I think ASU's up for it. Talking to Jake Anderson, our uh, own ASU reporter. You can find all this stuff on ArizonaSports.com. Um, Jake, this is tough for me because I went to ASU, so I don't know how much my vision of this is being clouded. But I look at the Sun Devil team, and if I strip away what school it is, they do have a lot of the characteristics of a team that maybe sneaks up on people in the tournament, knocks out a few teams. Just It's just kind of dangerous. But I don't know if that's being influenced by the fact that it is ASU. I like the defense, though. Do you think this team is potentially dangerous and if so why so yes and no there um i think they have the capability but what i've been saying all year is is asu basketball kind of reminds me of a baseball team to where they may not sweep a series but they'll win two out of three and i mean that in the sense that now we're in tournament time and we literally saw that exactly what i'm talking about in the pac-12 tournament to where you're not playing teams that you should beat anymore you're you're playing teams that are you know, comparable to you or better. And so if ASU's defense shows up, which it does almost every game, that will keep them in ball games. But the problem is, is their offense is not consistently able to stay uh, with other teams like a U of A. They scored 89 points to beat them in Tucson. And then we saw um, what happens when they shoot under 30% and have these cold stretches. And that's when they can't keep up with teams. But, the lack of consistency to be able to not be cold from the field three games in a row, four games in a row, five games in a row, whatever it may be. And I think, unfortunately, that may be where ASU's tournament would end. And like like I said, in the Pac-12 tournament, they, they took care of business against Oregon State. They had a, a performance against USC that was completely different from the regular season uh, finale that they had where they were ice cold from the field, basically, until the very end. And we saw against U of A... Um, when they beat them in Tucson, U of A scored one field goal in the last seven minutes. ASU's defense will keep them in games, but the problem is, is during that same game, ASU had a stretch where they didn't score for a while in the second half. So, I mean, as long as they don't go ice cold and, and percentage-wise from the field, that's under 30%. I mean, as long as you can just be average to above average and the defense plays the way it's capable of playing, you'll be in any game, and it'll come down to those last four or five possessions um, which they're getting more experience, uh, but you saw against uh, UCLA is the perfect example. In that last five minutes, that team has a lot of experience and they're able to pull away from teams. And that's where I think ASU, unfortunately, if it comes up against uh, you know TCU, let's just say, or, or Gonzaga, even if they, if you know if they kept going uh, in the tournament, it also could be GCU. But I just think that's where I'm going back to that baseball analogy to where. You'll get two good performances every three games, and that third game, unfortunately, in a tournament is the one that kicks you out of the whole thing. Jake, what are you going to be focused on in regard to the matchup tonight against the Nevada Wolfpack? So tonight's matchup, I think, is favorable for ASU because Nevada loves to slow the ball down and play a half-court offense to where ASU loves to just get in your face defensively and try to hit you in the fast break and force a lot of turnovers. So if the defense can play the way we've seen them play all year, I expect to see a full-court press early on, not just in the second half. And I know that's going to be tough on the legs, but this is how how they're going to win ballgames. And Nevada does not want to play a fast style of offense. That's just not who they are. But ASU, and if you can get easy buckets in transition, I mean, we saw in the tournament game against U of A, U of A was getting easy dunks, right? Dunks are very high percentage shots. So if you can, if you can speed
speed Nevada up, make them play the offense they don't want to play, I think that that is just everything ASU could ask for. And um, Again, I, I went to Arizona State as well. I don't want to sound like a homer, but if I had to pick between the two, um, as long as ASU, like I said, doesn't go ice cold, speed up Nevada's offense, I think this is a very advantageous matchup for Sun Devils. Oh, and you got the, the extra twist of, uh, of Des Cambridge and Warren Washington going up against their former team's uh, team as well. Jake Anderson joining us. Jake, I want to ask you this because you kind of touched on it. You know, it's not inconceivable that ASU could play GCU. It would be fairly early in this tournament. You know, I mean, it would only be in the round of 32. Any sort of sense of what that would be like for this city in terms of just a, a jolt of, of college basketball enthusiasm? So I think that would be incredible, not only because you have the fact that, you know, I believe it's the first time ever that three Arizona teams made the tournament and NAU almost made it. They lost their championship game after going, I believe, 9-22 and in the regular season. Um, but as you said, they would, they would meet in the round of 32, and obviously that means that an Arizona team, not the Wildcats, would be guaranteed to go to the Sweet 16, which... You know, if you said that at the beginning of the season, you'd be like, damn, that's a pretty good season for whichever school you're talking about that isn't U of A. So in terms of, I guess, the Valley basketball uh, of those two schools, that would be, uh, you know, a long time coming just because I think the last time ASU was in the Sweet 16, I was still in diapers. (laughs) Well, there's a way to end the interview. Jake, Jake, we appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, for okay, sure, man. That's our own uh, ASU reporter on ArizonaSports.com, Jake Anderson, checking in before tonight's matchup for ASU with Nevada in the uh, in the first four part of the tournament. When we come back, we'll go back over to football. Um, I'm not even sure what team Aaron Rodgers is on anymore. He's talking like he's on the Jets or running the Jets. He's technically team still darkness. on the maybe, maybe he's just still in some sort of dark shed somewhere. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <clears throat>